Welcome to Creative Recovery Podcast, a community of artists, entrepreneurs, colorful creatives, and anyone seeking to reclaim self-expression. Creative Recovery is exploring what nourishes mind, body, and spirit in service of creative aspirations. Creative Recovery is opening to play, process, and the unknown. I am Brenna, writer, editor, and coach, empowering people to discover their voice and reclaim creativity. Please join this community as we journey into a deep process of self-discovery, exploring practices to awaken creative intelligence, connect to intuition, and live a life of purpose and joy. Welcome to Creative Recovery Podcast. I'm super excited to be in conversation today with my dear friends, Brandon and Gloria, two creative souls and beautiful humans. They're going to be talking today about creativity in their lives, and I'll just let them introduce themselves. Yeah, Brandon and Gloria, welcome. And just each of you tell me about yourself and your creative pursuits. Totally. Uh, So I'm Brandon Kane. I just turned 45 years old. Holy shit. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday. Wow, thank you. (laughs) I forgot about that. Gloria and I live together. We live out near uh, Ithaca and Lansing on a little country property. We've got... How many kids between us? Four kids at home. Four at home. Six, six kids total. total. One grandkid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, big I work, family. Yeah, yes. Big family. I work full time at a co-op, but and I let you know I'll, some creativity can come through there, but mostly it's in primarily in, in music making is where my and building I guess I do like I'm very amateur carpenter and very amateur musician. <laughs> Cool. And I'm Gloria Limas Chavez. I have to say my age too. I'm 42. You can share whatever you want. Okay. So yeah, I'm 42, originally from Mexico, native from Mexico. Came to the United States when I was freshly 18 years old. Lived in South Carolina for all the time until 2011, until I moved to Ithaca, where I um, work at Cornell, and then I have some room for creativity there, but all of my creative pursuits happen at home with other projects. Yeah. What kind of projects? So, all type of projects, but mostly music. For me, it goes beyond music. It's also art, like painting and drawing, and I don't know, anything that has to do with creating God. For, like, photography we try to keep things around because we have a big family too is we try to not i don't even think we do it consciously i, mean, I think it's overarching consciously but there's like instruments scattered throughout the house yeah. and canvases and paints and things like that just you know? like so material if you want to do something you can oh, for you to do. if you want to learn an instrument but like we'd love for the kids to pick up an instrument and learn it too right but just try to like make them accessible to people most of the time yeah and like we, we try the, to make space for each other to be creative right like and also creative in terms of we're going to refinish some furniture and so I take the initiative of finding the colors and doing some matching design inside the house or for the furniture, whatever. Yeah, the mind is always bubbling with ideas. That's a really great idea to just leave stuff laying around to be able to pick it up at any moment where there's a pause or a break in, in your life and, and also for your kids too. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's the way you teach them actually or the way that we try to invite them to make sure that they know that my guitar is my guitar but they're welcome to use it. We teach them how to properly care for things versus don't touch it. Right. Even my granddaughter Anaya is three. She comes to the house and we grab one of the guitars or she jumps into the drum set and plays and yeah yeah why are you drawn to music and for you also like illustration are those media those mediums in particular like why are you drawn to those why yeah or just curious Ah. what your first you could even jump into a memory of your first time i know for just it's the medium that i found that i could express myself fully like I can sketch and shit and I went to art school for a little bit but I can't paint for anything and I'm not a fine artist at all so like I could never translate how I was feeling like through that medium but mm-hmm. I started playing piano when I was like seven there was like the songs that you're supposed to learn and I was actually really bad at that like the t- I, my teacher hated me because I never <laughs> practiced those songs but I would mess around on tunes all the time and, and so I did that for a number of years until I was like 14 and then I happenstance joined a band or someone 
a band I knew that was playing at a party, like a punk band, they lost their bassist, and, and I had to quickly learn a couple notes to play a few songs. And then I found that... And you were like 13? 14, I think. Yeah. yeah. But it was, like, it was an extension of my piano playing, but in a, I was into punk and stuff like that then, but I hadn't been playing guitar until then. And then, but I found that I could fully express my feelings through that, like, more than I could verbally. And so I just obsessively then played music since then. You hit a really important thing there, Sarkey, by jumping with my... I was so shy growing up that I was always quiet and observant. And because I had this weird thing going on with my voice when I was young, I self-muted for some time just because I hated how whiny my voice was. And so I became very withdrawn, but I always was in my world of imagination. So I will hear people talk. They were talking about the skiing or whatever happened, and I would see it on my mind. I could picture it on my mind. And so from that very early age, like four or five, six years old, I learned to naturally use my creativity that way. But when I knew that I was like made, like my earliest memory about something that excited me with art is we were watching a concert in Mexico with my family members and it was an orchestra and they played Vivaldi, one of, I think it's spring of his masterpieces. And it, it was one of those big TVs, fat, white and black and my whole family was there siblings sitting in the ground and parents in bed and whatever and it was so impressive to me that when it ended i like stood up and started clapping i'm clapping i completely forgot my family (laughs) (laughs) and until i started like giggling and like laughing or whatever like i got all right but from that time on i it's something that i learned to recognize that it moves me as you were saying it's transcendent Mm -hmm. but also for people that are shy with words, that are not so expressive that way, sometimes this is a medium where we can express what we can say in words. Yeah. yeah. Music is so emotional. Like, I feel it's so like immediately emotional, both like the playing of it, I feel, mm-hmm. and also the receiving of it. Yeah. It's a great vehicle to transmit mm-hmm. emotions, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. Yeah. You know, the funny thing, yeah, I think like so in, aesthetic is so important, especially in visual arts, but like with music, if you're since the sincerity is what is appealing right so that's why like neil young and bob mm-hmm. dylan with their shitty voices can be so beautiful but at some time I'm, i don't think visual art necessarily comes across that same way and it's not as immediate necessarily yeah, yeah. like i when someone's singing and playing music there's something moving through their body yeah. to yeah, from them to you it is a note itself right away it's just it is not it's not as aesthetic as visual arts, but there is aesthetic to it that you can have not a good voice, but you have to have some harmony on what you're singing and mm-hmm. how you're presenting it a little bit. Right, but yeah, for sure. It yeah. is, though. It's like sympathetic catharsis or something. Yeah, right? exactly. So as people with full-time jobs and kids and a lot of responsibility, how do you make time for your creative pursuits? Personally, I don't spent a lot of time watching TV. From very early on, I was from a father that went in the 60s and 70s to the university in Mexico, and so he was very like Che Guevara-oriented, very urban, very intellectual. So from very early on, I learned that he called it the, or people in Mexico call it the stupid uh, idiot box, because it just makes you an idiot when you watch too much TV. That was, that was what they say. I apologize ahead of time if I offend anybody because of that, but I don't watch much TV, and you would be amazed how much free time you have to do other things when you don't spend too much time watching TV. That's not all. You have to make a point, you have to make a choice to touch, your, to, to play your guitar for 30 minutes. So you have to make a point, and you have to, like, for us, I have to tell the kids, I'm going to be playing drums right now, do not interrupt, unless the house is on fire, because... Otherwise, I know they're fans, they're not hungry, they're safe, they're fine. This is, I don't call it me time because I think me should be valued always, but that is my, <laughs> I'm practicing drums. Yeah, it sounds like you're really good at setting boundaries, healthy boundaries yeah. around so your creative yourself. pursuits. Yeah. There's always something to do is mm-hmm. the thing. And we're both anxious people, which I think, I don't know who isn't anxious these days too, but it's so easy to fall into the trap of, I got to do this, I got to do that, and make a mental list until it's 11 o'clock at night. 
and you can't do that anymore. So we make a, a point of that for sure. Yeah, for, for instance, today, normally Saturdays, I take it to clean the house after the whole week of work and everybody's been there. But I think I told you, Brandon, like, is it okay if I just clean tomorrow and I play drums? And having, giving myself permission. I think exactly. I don't need that his question permission. was actually to yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's, I don't need yeah. his permission or the children. It's just I need to let myself be okay with it. Because if I don't let myself be okay and I still do it, I'm gonna suck at it. <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything good with what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. good for you. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I think I just did. and you realize how enjoyable it It is is. oh you know what helps though i'll say honestly weed like you know any sort of well disassociate like anything that takes you out of your present like even cbd and it helps you relax the the muscles or the nerves that you don't have to go go and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute i don't have to care about it anymore and i can like just enjoy myself the critical mind i think (laughs) yeah it's really good for anxiety you can help anxious people let go of that critical mind that's pushing them to clean to do to finish the to-do list and and that's even like society it's Mm -hmm. an internalization of societies you know expectations but it's great for that you're right that it's great for like buying the must do next my our voice but it's also really good to quiet, at least for me, to quiet the critic mind of myself. Like, you just made a mistake there. You're out of tune. You're out of... To give myself so much of a hard time that I become a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And it's not oh, yeah. enjoyable anymore. Yeah. It opens, like, doors to go down paths that you wouldn't otherwise go. That's for sure. By Definitely. myself. Because I can sit and I can write a tune that just follows a formula and it sounds okay. But I'll, like, I'll, I notice that I'll keep myself in, in some very, like, safe areas and like the I mean, like real beauty but like the stuff that we do that i love the most is when you step out of that safety zone and you try mm-hmm. something totally at least to you like no. not yeah. typical right or yeah or just breaks some whatever sort of rules or dogmatic style. stuff dial yeah. like yeah governs the style that you're doing mm-hmm. yeah can you talk a little bit more about like your creative process mm-hmm. and what that involves like mm-hmm. how you make that decision to go to wait i'm not gonna do what i always do i'm gonna try this new thing and what's yeah what's that process (laughs) (laughs) it happens though i find it you know it happens if you don't think or look for it that's the problem it's before the podcast right we had talked about someone that you knew that was searching for love you're never going to find love by searching for it and i feel you're never you like the um, the moments that we break through a barrier or at least for me but i notice it with you too is when you're not thinking about it at all and, and something comes to you. And for that, like in my case, it could be like just playing a typical guitar or bass line. And I'm like, you know what? I think a, a piano piece would go really well mm-hmm. here or like some ambient sound of this. And then if I'm not in a certain state of mind, I won't yeah. allow myself to go there. What's that state of mind? Is it's, it, and what, and maybe even like where, what's the role of fear in or what's the relationship to fear? That is an excellent question, and I think it has to be diagnosed in a couple of sections because fear there, it never drives me to create something. The fear comes when I'm criticizing myself too much after I created it. But the motivator I notice for me is emotional driven. It has to do a lot with, as you notice, having a full-time job with so many kids and responsibilities at home, it's very overwhelming sometimes, and we are paid to be calm and composed and happy, mm-hmm. and you are to be a good parent if you're like patient and loving and kind to others, but we're still human. And so sometimes, for me, emotion accumulates and it's just, when it needs to come out, it comes out bubbling. But I have learned, and I've done this naturally too, I start putting together a tune in my head. Like I find myself watching visions and humming something. I don't care what the feeling is. It doesn't have to be a complete song. I just start humming something and from there add to it and add to it. My next step for me in music is once I have a a tune that can do like a, a phrase of singing, I find the nuts and the guitar and then I start putting something together with that. 
That's amazing. I, I am not a musical person. I don't have, that's not the medium that where I express myself. And the only tunes that I repeat in my head are ones that I've heard already. I can't even fathom coming up with new original Give tunes. Give yourself permission to harmonize. That's mm-hmm. how I do it. A lot of the times there's a song playing somewhere and I find myself harmonizing with it, not singing mm-hmm. along with it. Obviously, it has to be a song that you well, that you, what would work where. So even, I don't care how popular the song is, but give yourself to harmonize. Next time, instead of singing, singing along to the song, just harmonize here and there and see what it takes you. And new tunes will come out of that. That's cool. I like that idea. Because I, I get songs stuck in my head a lot. And I'm a very, as a former dancer, I'm a very musical person. Yeah. I move by music, mm-hmm. but I don't always play with, singing back to it or I, I move with it rather than talk to it I guess you know what we also do often and I do it too like my kids my younger kids I sing everything let's say I hear a word and I sing a tune a real tune you know a real song out there that has that word and also sometimes Randon and I like we get playful and he sings something like I'm gonna have breakfast and then I sing back <laughs> like in a musical <laughs> Yeah. That's one of the things I love about musicals is that they sing what's happy every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we have puppy famous tune like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and sometimes we I have, you know, obsession with music for sure. I feel like that like you've seen all the records and stuff in our house I consume music and I feel like that has How many do you have? Do you I know? know? It's like ten thousand or something. Yeah. Like that. I definitely something that helped me earlier, I remember when I first started writing tunes for the first like punk band I played in and stuff. I was self critical because I would think something was too derivative. And so something that helped me, first of all, was to get over the fact that, or at least to understand that everything is derivative to a certain degree. Exactly. And you don't need to be critical like exactly. that. Exactly. You know? But where I differ from you, though, is I use, like, fear is my, it's not my only muse, but fear, I think, is one of my strongest muses. I revisit, like, I, the only way I can feel better, honestly, or, like, that I can even talk about my emotions, I think, is through music. And the only way I can, like, exercise thoughts of anxiety or, like, traumatic events is through music as well. So I, like, I relive them in my head and I express mm. them that way, like, through through music and lyrics. Yeah, you have and to make yourself so feel like it. Fear is one of them. Like, yeah. the fear that mm. I had as a child, like, different things. Like, mm. I, like, relive that in order to bring out that expression like that's the way the only way we do the same Mm. i just don't call it fear i'm driven by emotion but whatever emotion that it's getting me to the point of boiling it's a fear of expressing it and realize and a lot of emotions like fear or manifestations of fear or anxiety yeah they're not they're like bad emotions that you're not supposed to express you know yeah yeah. and and the best art Yeah. yeah and i think some of that too is because you're not allowed to speak it like it's not know, polite right. or what is so this so there's this there's almost like this limitation put on your expression yeah. of it that then gets funneled into yeah. art making and i do think that's why a lot of countries that are in turmoil or when countries like right now are going through really difficult times very like incredible art comes out of it I very raw yeah. emotions very powerful mm-hmm. there's a lot of emotions and there isn't a way that society like there isn't a way to express it publicly that yeah. is that is not taken okay. wrong yeah, yeah exactly or like culturally okay right. yeah that's and, so interesting and i think you're you're touching on a point that is so important. We were mentioning earlier that, you know, how come music gets this? Because when you hear somebody else thinking about the same things that you fear and that you don't express, and somebody else has put it, the words and the music to it, you fall in love immediately. You you can connect. You can you yeah. can uh, you understand. You empathize you with each with other. It. You resonate yeah. with each other. So, yeah. yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. I think often people, when they say resonate with relegate that to this figurative thing but i think it's actually a biological thing that happens when you mm-hmm. identify with something yeah yeah there's like a mimicking yeah yeah, you know, yeah exactly. that happens from you I take mean, on like, that resonation mm-hmm. and you go into sync with it right well yeah. and it's it's also help us belong we both belong to yeah. the same sadness experience or happy or whatever right. the emotion mm-hmm. yeah so in the same vein and some of this you may have already feel like you express but i'm curious like what inspires you for me the music we play is mostly it's it's a subgenre of black metal that focuses a lot on like 
you could you could say negativity and pessimistic, but it's like a cathartic like okay, exercising of it, you know. Yeah. So, what inspires you, and what serves your creative spirit? So, for me, what inspires me? Many things inspire me, but I get I'm like a helpless romantic human. I'm just in love with life, in love with nature, in love with beauty, in love with this and that, but because of that also hurt by the ugliness of the world often, like the people's behavior, sometimes I can't believe that's happening or things, and it's not necessarily with my own personal pain, but with like the collective pain sometimes. Yeah, you're a feeler, you're yeah, a deep feeler. Yeah, an empathizer, but it motivates me, I have to see it as a legit thing, like I... I'm not the type of artist that imitates others around. Just whatever quirky thought comes, whether it be in like photo or writing or music, I just I let it bubble, and it turns out that people like that song. Right. Do you write it down, or how do you collect God, your experience for then later? I yeah. do journal and I do music journal and other things, and I have a sketchbook so. What's a music journal? Oh, so when I start a song, I put the notes or just okay. so that I don't forget. And then mm -hmm. I put ideas of what I want to go or like, what was I feeling at that moment? Because you will be surprised mm -hmm. how many times I complete that, make a beautiful tune, put it back and don't play it again ever. And if I don't forget. write it down, yeah. You can identify the sound with the note. Yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, with the feeling with where was this coming from? I was feeling the way, this way. Oh, yeah. And so I can get it out. Yeah. That. Yeah. Cool. And for me, I don't know, I've tried different methods. I used to write songs like I would play a tune forever. And then when I got to record it, apply it to other instruments. But now, like how I write and record is I usually just make sure I set time aside for myself and I just sit in front of a recorder <laughs> with a couple instruments near me and I just it's weird like it comes out of me you, you just know? play yeah, yeah I play and I write a song and, yeah. and uh, but I never I don't pre-write a song anymore it's it I don't ever have to worry about it it's like I just have <laughs> never have a chance to like to scream through something then it comes out pretty quickly so I, you just carve that time mm -hmm. And I think, and you don't know what you're gonna do. You just this is the time. Yeah, I never have any idea what I'm gonna do. Actually, it's there's of, never. I can come yeah. out like six hours later. It's similar for me. It's never planned. It's never. Now I'm going to make a song because I have the feeling. And if there's nothing particularly there moving me, then it just doesn't come. Mm -hmm. And so for that same reason, has preparation, experiencing matters. If I don't, if I don't go outside and see something new, if I don't do something with my life then there's little room for new thoughts, new emotions, new ideas to come. Exploration out there in the world a lot, and then coming back into whatever creative yeah. thing. So that actually leads into my next question, which is what are some of the challenges, especially now? Because I know for a lot of artists that I know, like COVID has been particularly challenging because a lot of artists do what they put into their systems is what feeds what yeah. they express out of their systems. So I'm just curious if you can talk about challenges to your creativity, not just in COVID time, yeah, but right. like just in general. What diminishes or limits your creative spirit or your So this is where the danger for musicians of our type comes. Too happy of a time mm. can take away the creativity. <laughs> and it's a trick. But yeah. And and mm. at least we have matured that it doesn't mean we actually have to leave it, but I have reserves of intense experiences that I have had that I don't live in pain or in bad memories, but they're still there because every now and then I have to tap on them, mm -hmm. you know, or... I do that as well. Yeah. It's almost like I, a, a few episodes ago, I interviewed a friend of mine whose memoir came out in November and it's an illness narrative and mm -hmm. it's... She's a trauma writer, and that's what she writes about is trauma, and she writes into trauma. And so it seems like you two are both sort of trauma musicians yes. in some ways. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, it's trauma, but not necessarily intense trauma for me. There's some fears and deep trauma, but also, I don't know, I just don't... I don't think it's healthy for me to forget about my vulnerabilities. Yeah. 
I think it's healthy for me to, especially for my children, they need to know that every now and then I get sad. Mm -hmm. So that when they get sad, they can come to us. So I kind of let that be there for a minute. We're humans. It's Whoever tells you that doesn't get there is lying to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you're feeling like in a stretch of your life where you're just really happy and content, do you feel a little creatively blocked or do you feel like you have enough experience conjuring up a certain emotion or is there a certain state of happiness or elation that has the same energy as the states of anger and fear that create the music that I'm going to be cruelly honest please we females have periods <laughs> and we don't have to do anything but just because you want to be happy at all times it's yeah. not gonna happen yeah and the more you reject it the harder it gets yeah if I'm gonna be feeling blue one day or two because that's what happened but bring it on put it into music I don't know there's always a cycle yeah. of distorted perception that arises in yeah. in the month. <laughs> and, and so I, get, I could pretend that it doesn't happen and reject it, but then I will be a fool because I can use it. Yeah. So just play, I think, what works that's for me. That's beautiful. Is... That's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's totally true. I don't think that, like, the thing that blocks my creativity is the grind, actually. It's not, yeah. so it's not being happy or not. Because, like, I can, I, I don't know, I often wonder if, how many people feel like I do where I tend to be, I'm a very, I'm a positive person mm -hmm. except for people and I'm extreme. Yeah, and I, we're I the hate same. People, we both right? have this. So <laughs> I like, I love the world. I hate people, most people, like 90%. And so I can always, like, I can be happy and still have tap into that sort of that, that Annoyance. That annoyance or that misanthropic perspective, or mostly what I tap into is like personal experience, tragedy or tragedy that I'm that's close to me yeah. that I don't want to really forget about. And I think it's really interesting at, to explore, and it's so taboo. And like most of what I write about these days are about suicides, actually, that are yeah. in my life and things like that. And and I'm not done with them yet because there's a lot to explore there, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty fascinated. That and like metaphysics and quantum mechanics, which strangely enough I think relates to a lot of the like Seriously. existential perspectives, yeah, yeah. Like questions we have about our life and existence. And so I like to explore all that shit too. I think that actually is tapping into something that's actually really at the heart of this entire podcast. Totally. Creative recovery is like, how do you balance yeah. like your creative spirit? Well, I I'm happy. Always. If I'm happy, I can't create it. That's not what I meant. I want to make sure that's not yeah. what I mean. But because responsibilities will win. 99% of the time. So even when we say today happened to be a lucky case, not because I was allowed to, but because I allowed myself. But you're right. It's the, it's the daily work and grinding that. How do we balance it? We make sure that at least every two weeks we have sessions that we give ourselves. Yeah. So like there's a retreat. Or just even if it's a two hour retreat. I think yeah. the point is the stepping aside to like, yeah. Yeah. right? Because you could get every day and every night wrapped up in the, oh, I didn't finish this and I have to... The to-do list the to -do that never ends. work and at home. Like, honestly, like, substances come in, too. Yeah. Like, because it puts you to the side of your current context mm -hmm. a little bit so you can look at it objectively. Yeah. And meditation, like, we listen to a lot of podcasts, too, mm -hmm. right? They're a mixture between scientific physics and metaphysics, that borderline-like area these days um, where a lot has crossed over. But, like, that and, and meditation and yoga, and yoga like... It does. It has the same effect. Like it's removes you. Remove, just centering. I'm always yeah. reluctant Center, to do it, you, except yeah. for weed. I'm never reluctant for that. But like <laughs> meditation and yoga for two minutes, and I'm like, what the fuck was I? How did I resist that? So that's what. I, the less you resist, the the less painful it is. So if one day it happens that I had to work super hard, super late, and then you had to work too, and I have to do dinner, and I'm tired. Yeah. Instead of me being frustrated, like, oh my gosh, I need to get to my drums. I'm going to be mean to my children, mean to people around me. So I stop resisting. It's, it is what it is right now. Yes. Make the best of where you are at the moment. Yeah, resistance is a... That's key. It's Working with resistance is huge. Oh my God. It's yeah. at the heart of... We talk about this a lot. Everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things. It's like at the heart of our anxiety, yeah. our fears. It's at the heart of bad trips. Hallucinogens can teach you so much. And every time I've had a bad experience that has converted to a good one, it's when I've 
has stop resisting. I stopped resisting. Stop resisting right? It's I, weird how it translates to physical world. If yeah. you think about it, you're mentally resisting something, but your body is tensing, mm-hmm. and you're feeling like apprehension, and you're feeling like whatever. That's not making you feel yeah. better. And so, like, why suffer when you're not gonna make it anyway? So, don't suffer. Right. There's a course. Sounds true. Recorded this course that was given by this guy, Michael Singer, who's written a lot about like living from a place of surrender and working with resistance. I'll put that in the show notes for people. But yeah, there's some really, there's so much wisdom in living from a place of surrender and developing a relationship with resistance. Yeah. And and that note, you ask, one of my strategies, I don't know if this is true for you, Brandon, but it is for me, and it's going hand in hand with resistances. I think of creativity or any project, any pursuit, like flowing water in a river. And it's going to encounter rocks, it's going to encounter turns, but it's until you start resisting actively that gets like stuck and stagnant and smells bad, it's rotten. Yeah. So it needs to flow. Yeah. It needs to move. It needs to regenerate. And sometimes you're going to hit the rocks of resistance if you want to, whatever you want to call lamely. But, <laughs> but I have learned that the less I resist, the happier. And so how do you apply that to like your creative pursuits? Do you ever have resistance to, to that? I do as a writer. Yeah, like I, yeah. I know how much work it is. It's playful and fun and beautiful and amazing. And it's also really hard yeah. for me. And so I have even resistance to the process or I have an idea of I want to write a book or I'm working Mm -hmm. on a book and I have resistance to what it takes to write that, even though I know I want to write it. And it may be, it sounds like it's happening to you. What happens to you? What's happening to me with there is a maybe two minute section in one of the songs that I'm putting drums to with Brandon. And I know what I have to do to move it along. I know what I have to do to move it along. But sometimes I feel like I can wing it. And I know I actually have to sit by myself with music and do, you know, transition by transition, note by note. That will take care of it. But because the resistance sometimes is my stubbornness. (laughs) It's nothing else. It's not the world. And I don't want to admit that I need to take a step back and work I'm not ready to I'm not ready yet to completely without putting it apart so I think that's what sometimes may come from yeah you have to exercise your craft yeah Mm -hmm. and humble yourself and humble yourself yeah and also I remember a friend of mine told me that when she was writing her book that she was writing she was reading a lot of books that were similar to what she wanted to write and she realized that she didn't have the skills mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So she was reading a lot to learn the skills and analyzing the books mm-hmm. that she what that were like what she wanted yeah. to write and then was practicing. Yeah. With, I had a writing professor that used to assign these mimicking sentences. So mm-hmm. basically choosing a sentence from a, a piece of writing that you really like and writing your sentence in that exact same structure. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I hated that assignment. Why? Well, I, I wonder why. Why do you hate it? Because it felt like, it felt like lifting weights. It was like. <laughs> Mental work. Yeah. And just, I know lifting weights makes everything else easier and more fluid, mm-hmm. like stacking wood mm-hmm. or like it just makes just you stronger. Moving. moving it's, stronger. yeah. But, but the process is like painful. Yeah. And so I think th- that it was like that for me. Okay. It was just like, it felt a little bit painful just. It was boring, getting you maybe? out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and maybe a little boring yeah, or wrote, yeah, yeah. but it was so good. Once I did that, I had to do that for a whole semester. And when I did it, senses just flowed. Yeah. It was, it was like, pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yes. I do that with writing lyrics, and it, it's like the like other half of the, the it's it completes the, I don't even know, the catharsis for me. If I, mm-hmm. Put lyrics to it as well, but uh, the lyric writing part is super painful for to me too. And it is like it you, does music doesn't hurt, time, but yeah. writing lyrics, like it hurts me to do it. Like I get hunched over and I get frustrated and shit. I almost do the same thing with myself where I like I write basic ideas because I write like in pro in poetry, mm-hmm. prose. I guess rhyme and poetry actually mostly. And and so I will write something that is just super 
it's rudimentary or I, it's like crudely constructed or doesn't flow. And like I, I do that fit that exercise, but to my own <clears throat> lyrics where I, I try to make each like line stand independently of itself and yet relate to the prior and, and mm -hmm. past. But that's what hurts so much is to like search for the, I want to repeat myself. I don't want to do certain things. Yeah. yeah. That's the painful process. But yeah, yeah, I can see that though. Like the exercise that your professor asked, mm -hmm. that sounds fun to me, but only because I know what comes out of that yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And with that, I don't know if this happens to you guys. I'm curious because I don't think I ever mentioned it, but Sometimes I start, you know, sketch a drawing and what hurts is recognizing that it's nothing near of what I wanted, that I need to just toss yeah. it away and start fresh. Yeah, yeah. And I hate that. I, I no keep on time. erasing and keep on trying here and there and it's just not going to go anywhere. A friend of mine once said that if, he, if you have the, if you have really good taste mm -hmm. in something and you can recognize that your skill level is not quite up to like she said like having recognizing the gap between your skill level and what you want it to be is actually a really good thing mm -hmm. because it it motivates you to learn and grow and improve yeah. and it's a good reality check but it's too. hard yeah. but it is <laughs> hard if you have really good yeah. taste yeah. in something when something's really good yeah. it's hard you have to be very gentle with yourself yeah yeah and but it, it's needed because you can fooling yourself thinking that it's like that, but you also know that it's not that great. It yeah. doesn't compare to that that you aspire to. So yeah. you definitely have to at some points either improve your skills or give yourself something else and yeah. be gentle and compassionate in the yeah. whole process. You have to be oh, gentle yeah. and compassionate because otherwise you would never do anything. Man, I was listening to this awesome podcast. I can't remember what's called. I just like found it yesterday, but. It, this guy was interviewing the comic book artist, Grant Morrison, mm -hmm. who like does a lot of, he, his comics are like, they're like science fiction and like conspiracy physics related. Like, they're really fascinating things, mm -hmm. but they were discussing, they had a metaphysical discussion and they were talking about free will and the concept of a block universe. But the idea that from a fourth dimensional perspective, all time is, is spoken for there like mm -hmm. we all we're all there is no free will and we are like basically on our destined paths thinking we're making choices mm -hmm. where where in reality we're really actually deciding or we we're doing things that are our future tense is telling ourselves to do I, i'm not get, describing it no, well, I but, like but a it's super fascinating yeah, right but what, yeah. what, I, what is super freeing in that to me is what, what and what he said was this they were talking about process and, and writing a story and comics and everything and the guy asked Grant Morrison, like, what about mistakes? And he's like, I don't look at them as mistakes. They're my destiny. And That's uh, so, yeah. that is yeah. very yeah. liberating. Redirecting yeah. you to where you have and to you go. And maybe you can look up the podcast and send it. Yes, send, and I'll put it in the show notes so people yeah. can listen. But that's, that's, yeah. that's actually encouraging too. Extremely. Whatever point of view you want to see it, whatever you believe on it, whatever it is, you're going to bump your head and then you're going to realize that's not for you and you redirect to what is meant like what is innate to you and what is meant it's such a beautiful way of working with mistakes or failure yeah you know and, and, and hatred of other people actually like yeah. because i'm like don't get me wrong like i still dislike humanity but yeah I, that's right not, I should yeah. yeah and there's a lot of ugliness right lot, now. yeah <laughs> which is probably a good thing like perhaps, hopefully we are going through a great period of catharsis and recent sort of critical mass and understanding. I hope. But I think like with that perspective, if you also look at like the, the idiots, the hateful people out there, the people that are like in the way of moving forward as not that you're above them and you have pity, but if like you realize that if, if you start to understand that we don't have free will in the sense that we think we do, and you start to realize that these people are living out a predetermined story. It's you don't have to hate them anymore. You just yeah. have to recognize that they're they're <laughs> stuck in their own resistance yes. and they're stuck in their own trauma and they're stuck in their own. They're also unaware. I think. Yeah, exactly. And you can get so much yeah. personal resistance yeah. by getting resentful. And about they're other probably people, and that's, very. That's yeah, important. they're probably very unhappy yes. too. There and mostly, I I truly believe that the grand majority of issues we have today in the society with like depression and anxiety is a lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. We are not present. We are living in our head world mm -hmm. and we are that's why like meditation is so good for us in nature and running and yoga because 
you have to be present. You have to come back. When you're present, you can't. You can enjoy. You can observe your surroundings. You can create more. When you're yeah. just living in your head with your issues and mm-hmm. what you found the news, then it doesn't happen. So it sounds like being present to you is very much um, very important, yeah. and and is also like the body as a vehicle for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. When I'm yeah. not present, is when I get like my funky blues or whatever. Stuck in your yeah, ruminating in my, thoughts. Uh, head with ugliness. And that serves, how does that serve your creativity? It's just like being present and being embodied. It's, so not being present. It doesn't happen too often now, but every now and then you you remember just by the end of fall, I had accumulated enough absence in my head. I lived in my head for too long that it, I have experienced it that it's really hard for me to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And so relieving that anguish that comes with depression, it's a good reminder for me to be present. <laughs> Does, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, Absolutely. I don't no, I mean, depression like is like an accumulation <laughs> yeah. of distortions that end up feeling like not permanent, but yes. your reality. And I'm yeah. not talking about just simply, I don't want to get out of bed now, but oh, yes. I don't think I can stay in this world one Absolutely. more day. So, uh, yes, so that, that, that type of level of depression and mm-hmm. also knowing that I have children or family mm-hmm. and I do love life. So yeah. it's a good reminder for me not to allow myself to get to that funk. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. And that presence helps you. Yeah. Yeah. Presence, yeah. Can you guys talk about your creative collaborations? Because yeah. I think one of the things that I am so inspired by, the two of you, is that. That okay. just like the, your partners, your creative collaborators too, and you feed each other in that way. Yeah. And it's such a strength. I mean, like the, the creative unique, path is, so, is very unique. And the creative path yeah. is very solitary for a lot of people. And that's why a lot of writers join writers groups or musicians join bands because it's lonely. And it's just, it's such a beautiful <laughs> thing that you have each other. Yeah. And so I would, I would love for you to talk about that a little bit. I thought it was funny that you said, you know, you have a bunch of writers that are lonely and find a writing group. And it just happened to be that we are two musicians, two artistic people with the same mind. And I am thankful that Brandon honors my art, honors my style, honors my way, my feeling. And I try very hard to do the same with him. So when we both bring our own art, we can collaborate. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we're not creating together. We're collaborating with each other. And I think that's what's different mm-hmm. and what makes it easy. Because I honor his style and I honor what he's doing. He honors me. And it's not like, how come we're, honor, we're honoring? I also know that he's a badass guitar and, and bass player. And why would I try to do something that he is really good at? I can't use my skills with something else. And so, like, it's, again, not resisting, letting others shine being remembering what your skill set is and where you are where you want to be yeah perspective but that's that feels a little bit one in a billion chances that well, we have so much in common that yeah we can weave <laughs> our stuff together because that yeah. is true how we do it we just well we basically um, weave our music together and yeah. a lot of artists too that join together in partnership there can be some ego but you two are both very aware of your own selves like you're aware of your full self like your egos and your true right. self i think you're I think very we both have a realization that we're our sum is greater than our respective parts yeah but if we didn't realize that then we would have that that butting ahead yeah and i also i am i personally don't create for lucrative reasons i'm mm-hmm. not trying to make money out of it right and i think that's what happens with other people that leaving their their means out of the mistakes are you become yeah. competitive higher you want to protect what's yours yeah when it's just i would love to get money out of it and i would love to create and more, more time i just yeah. yeah but i just it's not that's not my focus that's not my goal i yeah. think that for me personally when art starts becoming a money thing only you kind of lose your shine. Yeah. And you lose yourself in it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. If there would be one thing I could change in this world, in our society, it's the full-time, the concept that full-time work is the only thing that you, like, that you should do as an adult. Uh, like, we need to 
definitely we need to work towards changing that and it starts incrementally like just imagine working four days a, a week and having three off oh, so if you could just get the space to create and and i'll go for long periods of time where we don't have a chance to do that and then i'll, I'll realize oh like i lost my understanding of life like yeah. these work and these bills and fixing this and that have nothing to there's no joy. Do. yeah there's no joy in that yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing too, in that kind of grind, so where you're constantly having to produce, do you find it challenging to then go to your creative pursuits and produce there? For example, sometimes I find that as a writer, I need to serve my creative production. Yeah. I need periods of where I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And so I, I can't, it's hard yeah. for me to go from work where I'm producing to then right. my creative yeah. pursuit, Music time, produce, like writing, gotta yeah. produce it out. Like I need, I actually need like stretches of time where I'm doing yeah. nothing yep. in order to create. So I'm just mm -hmm. curious, like how do you find time to rest? Do you need rest for the creativity or is the creativity rest for you? I think mm -hmm. in your case, maybe because you write also for work and having to switch from writing for work to writing creatively, maybe a little yeah. too much for the brain. I think this is why personally, I can speak on your behalf but, or on Brandon's behalf, but personally, I think that's why I'm so good at, I have ADD. So I am very good jumping from playing guitar to drawing to <laughs> to play in drums, to now photography. That gives me the room to jump from one thing to another because I play it by ear sometimes. I can say, Monday I'm going to do so many hours of drumming, but if I don't have it on me, I don't have it on me. And I can sit there and just suck at it, or I can just move on and do something else. So for me, having the ability to do other things other than that, and also, here's where it's very important to honor your body too. Like we were talking earlier, you guys, we were talking about when I'm too tired, I don't even know that I'm frowning. Mm -hmm. My face kind of forgets too, like I'm, I'm frowning. And if I catch that before I'm going to make music and if making music is not going to alleviate that, if only sleeping is going to alleviate that, then I'll do that. Yeah. yeah, I'm still learning though. I'm not good. At, yeah, I'm not good at no, but you're that's really a, that's such. Yourself. Yeah, I I think the, your approach to what is the purpose that this creative pursuit is serving, and and maybe the the fact that it's not how you earn your living right. that's helpful. You can say, okay, I'm I'm prioritizing rest right now because right. I don't think that producing something or creating something is actually going to serve me in this moment. Yeah. Or any defense too, if it's if my body super tired yeah. but i have the emotion that needs i'm just so frustrated out of the day and i just need to play guitar but i can see it so that's i think that's why it's so helpful for me to have multiple areas of creativity yeah. and not just one yeah because that way i can move from resting to moving to different things yeah i was just thinking like how like making music is like the only it's not the only thing but it's one of the only things in my life that takes me out of my head it's the only mm -hmm. time i actually feel better actually in a way like genuinely because I'm not wrapped up in my like the tension in my chest or my stomach or my back or yeah. something like that so like responsibility. A, yeah I'm not thinking of anything I'm not thinking of what I have to do next or what I forgot to do or who I have to call or write but it's like one of the only times that I don't have um, that sort of haunting guilt at my back you know yeah. when, when I, for me a lot of it's about catharsis and like when I when I sing vocals particularly when I scream I don't know most people anxious people live with just constant tightness in their chest and yeah. it almost never goes away for me except when i can exercise all of that so mm -hmm. I, I often wonder like with painters and writers do they release that way because for me i need the physical act of screaming to do it right yeah because writing music doesn't that's lion's breath i, mean, I have to you. move writing is not a a very embodied it, it doesn't move energy yeah. Yeah. So you have all. To it actually it it moves mental energy, but it doesn't move physical yeah. energy. And I actually find that doing a movement practice like yoga before writing that, yeah. is very helpful. But yeah, I, I have like your anxiety collects in your chest. Yeah. Mine collects in my shoulders yeah. and it's, I just get super hunched over yeah. and I'm at the computer mm -hmm. and, and my writing gets stuck in my shoulders. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like yoga or laying on tennis balls, like I have to constantly or just relieve. Dancing. Or dancing, dancing exactly. Is so free. It is, yeah, yeah. And that's why um, 
Brandon doesn't dance, but he like plays the bass to whatever things. Yeah. Ugh, far too yeah. self-aware. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's been so fun to talk to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I have been thinking as we speak. I do write down, if you have a creative idea that happens to occur at that moment, write it down. Yeah. Even if it's just a little tiny piece of paper and put it with the rest of your things. Because sometimes I don't have the time to do something with it. Yeah, in that moment. Yeah. So just a tiny little something, write it down. And it may serve or it may not serve, but at least it's there. It can give me a redirection when I'm not feeling talent <laughs> or creative. I would love to pivot to hearing the two of you just play a little song oh, yeah. together. Thank you. 